0: Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Yeah, come
1: on. Come on. Dropping stacks over beats, it's the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. Yo, it's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips. It's the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stacks over beats, it's the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. It's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships with that fantasy freestyle. freestyle. It is. We back in a place to be, it's Rocks and Speeds, and this is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Say what's up to the people, Rocks. Yo,
0: what's up, y'all? Yo? It's your boy, Rocks, aka Young mm-hmm. Fistful of Rings. Me and Speeds, the spittin' statistician, you know are here this week to give you what you need to win your league and win that cash.
1: I want winners. I want people that want to win. Fantasy Freestyle and Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got rocks. You got speeds. You can catch us on the Twitter, yo. They can catch us on Twitter at Fantasy Freestyle. No E. We make no errors on the Fantasy Freestyle. You can also just subscribe to us on iTunes, yo, so you can catch it every week when we bring you that fire. We move to these running backs, you know, and, and it's been it's been hit or miss, for real. There's been a lot of running backs that you might have drafted really high up in your league that have not panned out. You know, guys like Todd Gurley. It's almost the reason why we tell talk- people people to go wide receiver it's like it's it's like we were saying that there's no real workhorse backs but Lamar Miller fits into that as well you know I'm really interested about like Alfred Blue got a bunch of touches in that that last game I thought they were going to be running him a lot but no huh
0: that was you know that was really unfortunate for Lamar Miller owners to see Alfred Blue I mean he mainly got the garbage time touches when the game was well out of hand workload however is the one thing that you do not have to be concerned about with Lamar Miller you heard Bill O'Brien give him a vote of confidence the big difference, I think, from last year to this year is how bad the Houston line
1: has looked. You yeah. know,
0: Everyone was saying that one of the reasons Lamar Miller was going to be great this year because he was moving from a terrible line in Miami to a good, solid line in Houston. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They have not held up their end of the bargain. That said, I do think that Lamar Miller is one of the backs that has the ability to join that next tier, the next the top tier of Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell,
1: David Johnson. So outside of those guys, right? Outside of those guys who, you know, are locked and loaded RB1 Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, now that Le'Veon Bell is back. And better than ever. Yo, I'm telling you, 11 targets last week. I love it. targets last week. Who are those backs that are settling in, maybe, to the back half of your RB1 rankings moving forward, now that we've seen five weeks of play, Ron? Well, speaking of targets, one of the guys that I want to
0: highlight, as far as that's concerned, is Mark Ingram on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, um, okay. Part of what gave him so much value last year before he went down with injury was how he was being used a lot as a receiver out of the backfield, which was not something you saw early in his career. That was not happening early in the season. However, the last two weeks, Brees has looked to him a lot more in the screen game. Another thing that I don't expect to happen that much going forward is him being vultured at the goal line by John Kuhn. Kuhn will probably see a couple more carries. Saints love to do that inside handoff when everyone in the world knows it's coming. But I do think that the receiving work, the goal line work is going to really help Mark Ingram improve on his RB11 in points per game and put him solidly in the top eight for the rest of the season. and okay, I think he's okay. a great, great, great bet in that same tier. What you best. got in that
1: tier, Rocky? We'll in that, 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 tier. that
0: same tier, you know, I really like the switch over from, uh, from your boy Blaine Gabbert to my boy Colin Kaepernick uh, and I think that that's going to help Carlos Hyde see a little bit more holes. Uh, he's been averaging 19 points a game already in PPR. That's largely on the back of six rushing scores, but Kaepernick is actually a dual threat. Unlike the fake Alex Smith dual threat that Blaine Gabbert had going on and I think Kaepernick will help open up some more lanes for Carlos Hyde, get some of those bigger running plays. Uh, You know, the Chip Kelly offense is predictable, but Hyde has been seeing a ton of volume and he's actually been somewhat involved in the passing game, about two and a half catches a game, so he's holding value, a rare running back to hold value on a
1: bad team and I think he'll stay in RB1 rest of the season. Hey Rocks, interesting because I'm a little bit lower on Carlos Hyde, so let me throw out some of these names at you and find out where you stand on them. As it relates to Carlos Hyde would you trade me Carlos Hyde one one for one for uh, Isaiah Coel would I trade you Hyde for him yeah no okay not. see I like Isaiah Coel a little bit better would you trade me Carlos Hyde for Tevin Coleman
0: that's a tough one, Speeds. That's a tough one, Speeds. Okay. Tevin okay. Coleman, well what I will give Tevin Coleman is that he's been a lot more explosive. He's been used in the passing game, but he's still firmly the one B to Devonta Freeman's one A. All
1: right, all right. How about how about Melvin Gordon?
0: I think Melvin Gordon is a bit of a mirage. I also think that him putting the ball on the ground, even though that there's not a lot behind him, is going to really keep the team passing in the red zone rather than trusting him. Because he's he's made a lot of bonehead plays late in the game. And that's a team that is, we've talked about, you know, is coming up with a new way to lose every week. And if, if I'm, you know, if I'm that defense, if I'm the rest of that offense, I don't want to see Melvin Gordon touching the ball with, with,
1: you know, late in the game. That's true. I got one more for you, Roxy. Here testing your Carlos Hyde veracity. We go to Seattle after they're by Christian Michael. He's been looking good. There's no sign Shut of Rawls. out of a cannon. No sign of Rawls anywhere. Who would you rather have in that kind of trade offer? That's a pretty tough one, Speeds. I so mean, you got him right around Christian Michael, right around I uh, got him right around there. Who was the Tevin Coleman I, area?
0: I really want to see, I really want to see how he looks uh, with Kaepernick under center, but I, I do think that based on volume, you know, Sean Drones is really just a pass game back, and they've proven that they're willing to give the ball to Hyde enough to make him a volume play, and he's also looked explosive at times, and he's getting the ball at the goal line. Those are all things we really like from a fantasy perspective, and knowing that Chip
1: Kelly wants to run the ball and wants to run those plays. No doubt, no doubt. One other running back we would be remiss if we did not mention is Shady McCoy. I put him now in my top... He's potentially the top three going forward. Here's why. Uh, That offense is committed to him. Anthony Lynn, the new offensive quarterback was the former running backs coach. The Bills are 3-0 since they made that change that everybody, including us, on the Fantasy Freestyle thought was a move based out of nepotism. Yep. In fact, they're 3-0, and listen, Shady McCoy, fourth in the NFL with 447 yards, 5.3 yards a carry. That is doing big things, especially when you have 85 carries so far in the season.
0: Yeah, he's averaging over 100 total yards a game. He's got four touchdowns, and, you know, Buffalo has that running back playbook that's essentially war and peace. You know, it's the biggest playbook in history. And McCoy has been the beneficiary of that. And you're seeing what he can do when he's fully healthy and he does not have to deal with Carlos Williams vulturing all of his touchdowns.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Let's keep it moving. Interestingly enough, you mentioned rocks. You mentioned that here on the Fantasy Freestyle and we bring it to you rocks and speeds all the time so you can win your league and win, win that cash. cash. And we're doing so here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Um, we've been recommending we've been recommending all season long and that's the reason when we talk about why we went wide outs right and a lot of people went real heavy on wide outs but as as we get to you know week six some things are normalizing some things that I've been saying for a while have been coming true some things have popped off um, which kind of wide outs rocks would you say you know that people are high on that maybe it's just time to move on from and accept that it's not their year
0: yeah I mean you know every offseason hope springs eternal you get all these puff pieces guys you know working on routes with the quarterback and
1: showing right. up in the best shape of their Everybody's lives. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives in August.
0: Um, You know, one of the guys that we talked about, and I was really really high on, Bouncing. foolishly, was, was Devin Funches. He was the true off-season all-star. Kelvin Benjamin was supposedly out of shape and going to be on some sort of rotation. Devin Funches is just not part of the game plan. He's got 13 Bouncing. targets so far this season. I think he is completely safe to drop right now in any Bouncing. format other than a Keeper League or a Dynasty League, and Unless Kelvin Benjamin, excuse me, unless Kelvin Benjamin gets hurt, Funches is just not going to be seeing huh. the target. This is all Greg
1: Olson, man. Did you see what Greg Olson did? Well, him night, and you know him mom. and him and
0: Derek, uh, him and Derek Anderson, maybe like know each other from back in the day. Yeah, they, they got they got that. And, uh, and music you know now forward. that now that the regular season is on, you know uh, you heard Camp talking Funches up all all offseason about how he's going to be involved, and now he's just somebody that he used to know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Who, uh, Ross, I know you got another why you want to talk about that is completely sliding even down the depth chart in Arizona. Arizona, I think might be down the wide out four Michael Floyd. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's interesting. Jerron
0: Brown, uh, not John Smokey Brown, has actually been pushing him for snaps. And, yep. you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting here, Carson Palmer's playing a lot worse than he did last year. But there have been whispers out of Arizona, including from their coach, that Floyd is really, really pressing because he's in a contract here.
1: Hello. You play to win the game. You don't play
0: it, just play it. He's dropping balls, he looks inefficient, he's ran the wrong way on a couple of routes leading to Palmer interceptions and been chewed out for it. You know, I think you need to hold him for one week because the Jets defense, secondary, they're really good for what ails you in terms of this quarterbacks and especially and wide going over the
1: top where they like to go deep. Bruce Arian's offense likes to go deep, Michael Floyd. It's a vertical passing, down. it's a vertical it sure passing is. game. But what I will say also is that the
0: one reason I would be somewhat hesitant to drop Floyd is because last year when he was slow to come back from those lacerated, dislocated fingers. He really popped hard over the second half of the season and was a difference maker for a lot of people. So Michael Floyd is a guy, unlike Funches, who has a track record and is more likely to be scooped up if you do make that move. Give him a week, see how the snap count shakes out. Some patience, but he's right on the
1: borderline. He's he's the last guy on my roster if I got him on my team. I got you, I got you. And yo, uh, the fans of the Fantasy Freestyle, they know that at this point what we're only we're only 12 minutes in and we're bringing you that heat it's also we're only 12 minutes in and it's my first mention of Jim Bob Cooter because yo that Detroit Lions I know you gotta wide out you want to talk about that also it's time to move away from but like I said like I said the entire time the Detroit Lions are going to be enjoying the fact that they are spreading the targets around because of no Megatron and uh we're getting you know Anquan Quan Bolden Eric Ebron Theo Riddick Marvin Jones but not so much Golden Tate alright
0: Nah, man. He was supposed to be the 1B to Marvin Jones 1A. And even a lot of people took that uh, with a grain of salt, saying maybe that's coach speak because Golden Tate had already developed such a great
1: rapport with uh, with Matthew Stafford. Golden Tate doesn't have a good rapport with any of his teammates. You know, Russell Wilson, he knows what's up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to side with Golden Tate on that just because ah. I, I do not like Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah, it's just the Golden Tate benefiting from Megatron not being there has not happened. He's only seeing six targets again game and that's resulting so far in an average of 41 scoreless yards and Stafford has also been spreading the ball around as you said but even with Ebron out Golden Tate has not proven to really be doing much at all with his targets and he's not been very efficient. He's only caught 17 of 31. He's not getting it done and he's also just someone who is you know not having that yak that he was known for not making things happen so you know I think you can really get get rid of him and look for a higher upside player because he's just not really showing it this year.
1: No doubt, no doubt, and uh, while we are talking about the Detroit Lions, our mailbag question, rocks uh, this week comes from the great state of Michigan. It is Matt uh, from up there in Saginaw, Michigan. He asks, also on this thread, about wide receivers that he wants to cut bait on. Um, he is a little worried about Julian Edelman, even though Tom Brady is back, is seeing the uh, offense go through the tight ends and the running backs. He's in a 10-team stand league and is wondering in a place where you do not get points per reception, what are you thinking about with only 10 teams? Uh, what are you thinking about Julian Edelman as it relates to your roster spots?
0: You know, uh, certainly he's clearly more valuable in PPR leagues. What I will say, though, is it was only one game back with Tom Brady and Edelman was pretty solid. I think he had about 70, 75 yards his first two games when uh, w- when Jimmy Garopp was under center. I think that he's going to one of these weeks. He's a guy who's proven he can be a thousand yard a year wide receiver, and that plays in any format. I also think, you know, he's being held uh, weighed down by the fact that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. This is a high octane Patriots offense. It can be kind of difficult to predict who's going to see the, the most targets in any given week, but I do think, despite the emergence of Michael Bennett, that despite the emergence of Martellus Bennett, Michael, Michael Bennett been emerged. uh, (laughs) I I think that you're going to really see Edelman settle back into his familiar role as Tom Brady's second favorite target behind Gronk. And I think that dropping him would be relatively short sighted because even in a 10 team, non PPR league in an explosive offense, you're going to watch him get scooped up and you will definitely watch him have some
1: big weeks moving forward. Uh, No doubt. No doubt. Hey, Matt, I, I also have some of the nervousness that you do up there in in Michigan and Yuppie land. Um, Because I do think a couple of things. One, they they really like going through the uh, tight end. This is how Bill Belichick is staying one step ahead of defenses by trying to exploit the middle of the field. Um, The other thing, and this is something that for some reason I haven't heard a lot of people talking about, um, Tom Brady was never a quarterback with the strongest arm. And Tom Brady is, what, 38, 39 years old? 37 years old? How well, old is Tom Brady? Let's call him 38. All right. I mean, like, Tom, you're 38. I would be interested Happy to birthday. see that this is also in relation to being able to try to save Tom Brady and lengthen his career. They are not designed to go to the outside anymore. I know Edelman is inside doing his two-way goals, but that middle is real clouded these days with the black unicorn. I agree with what I think is the tone of your email, Matt. And um, I'd be nervous. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be starting him week to week. He's not a must start. I keep him on my roster, but he's not a must start for me. One other wide receiver position I want to put forth is the New York Giants. The New York Giants. You know, I think if uh, Sterling Shepard, Shepard, Shep, you call him, was a big was a big name, but, uh, and Victor Cruz. You know, Victor Cruz is healthy. Um, this Ben McAdoo offense has not looked that great. Is it so the Ben far. McAdoo offense or is it- Eli Manning running the offense. Eli Manning is quarterback 24 after five weeks of play and what you have if you're a receiver like Shepard, you have a receiver on the other side in Odell who has been popping off and now is getting all the attention and now the offense feels like they have to feed Odell the ball and that doesn't mean good things if you are Sterling Shepard. Yo, let's keep it moving here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, check this out, Rocks. After that big holdout, you know for so long we saw last week Joey Bosa and he got two sacks in his first game. Uh, do we want to tip our cap or do we still like feel like he uh, he took a little punk route getting that money?
0: I think that the San Diego Superchargers were the ones who were punks in that situation uh, you know it seemed like Bosa's team was reasonable and you know again you don't spend the third overall pick on a guy when your defense is in clear need of help and then you know try and play hardball and nitpick him and you saw exactly 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 what they were missing last week. That defense, I think, is still definitely going to be one to attack moving forward, particularly with the injuries in their secondary. But he gives them a real pass rush up front. And also just as a team playing for the
1: future, you want to know what you have. And I think they've got something with him. All right. We'll see how Joey Bosa does for the rest of the season. When we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle, we're going to go game by game. And in a lot of the games here in week six, we're going to give you who to sit, who to start, who's that value in DFS who you may need to try to snowball and lowball other owners in your league to uh, make these moves to help you win your league and win that cash. Rocks and Speeds, Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be back right after this. (laughs) Ha-ha! I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we gotta do something else, rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. (laughs) Haha, <laughs> You know what it is. Rocks and Speeds back at you with the Fantasy Freestyle only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You know what? That's not true. It's not only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can get us on that Stitcher, on that Google Play, on the iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rocks and Speeds holding you down so you can win your league and win that cash. What we're going to do right now on the Fantasy Freestyles, we're going to dive into some of these week, week six games. Let you know who to sit, who to start, who to trade, who to sit, who the values are so you can win that league. and win that cash. Like I said, the first game we want to get into were the Bengals and the Patriots, where the Bengals go to Gillette Stadium. The Patriots are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Rocks. Uh, The Angry Brady
0: Tour continues. Yeah, man, you know, uh, speaking of diving in, Tom Brady basically did a big cannonball in his return to the NFL. Splash play after splash play. You saw Gronk looking like he was Very efficient. You saw Bennett in uh, in the red zone. And I think that uh, this is a game where, you know, the spread has got it right. I think the Pats should be able to lace them with ease. For Bengals fans, you know, they're going to feel deflated when they get stomped by another likely playoff team. And I think just has to leave them resigned to the fact that they are not going to be going anywhere this year. I was adamant all offseason that the Patriots offense could support two TE1s. And it's only been one week, but it sure looked that way. And I yep. think Bennett is a tight end one until further notice. We talked about this a a little bit in the mailbag, but Edelman's targets have been a bit concerning while Bennett's playing a big role. That said, I still like him as a wide receiver, too, in PPR this week. Hard to see how he's going to be involved in the red zone, but I trust Belichick will be getting him the ball. And again, this will be the angry Brady approach where they're just going to keep throwing and throwing.
1: No doubt. Um, On the Cincinnati side of things, Rox, there's two or three things I want to mention here. One, it looks like this may be the return for Tyler Eifert. It's
0: really tough they definitely need him in the red zone.
1: I don't know, you know. I don't know. They say they have the setback. They've been, really, um, they've been really hush-hush about that. The other thing I'll say, you remember, Rox, uh, when you were on Shot Callers and I had Gio Bernard in my DFS lineup. Here's the reason. I think, you know, last week, they started Gio Bernard over Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill still getting over that shoulder injury. And, in, you know, in something that we would usually call the Game Flow Genius, and we're going to be doing that Later on in this episode, you know, as you probably thought too, you know, Angry Tom Brady, they're gonna be up, and that means the Bengals are gonna be down and needing that pass catcher back in there. I like Giovanni Bernard a lot this week for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I would fade Jeremy Hill, but I'll probably talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, I mean, I
0: agree with you that Gio's probably likely to see a bigger role in the passing game, but he's really only popped. For one week this season, uh, you know, seeing a ton of work in garbage time, and I think there will be garbage time, but I actually like Jeremy Hill as a potential buy low. The entire team has looked out of sorts in the red zone, but he is still their best option down there. Gio Bernard is allergic to the end zone, and I, I actually think that Jeremy Hill is, you know, while he gets back to full health, he was practicing in full, if not this week, going to be the back in Cincinnati to own moving forward, and I think he's a decent buy low candidate.
1: Really? You don't say. No, know. I mean, listen, I was going to save this for a little bit later on when we did our diamonds and fugazes. Forget about it. But it sounds like we may have a gentleman's bet. Hey, yo, Rox, are you talking about, like, this week or moving forward? What are we talking about here? Uh, I, I like, uh... I like Gio Bernard much better than Jeremy Hill both for week six and moving forward. Well, let's focus on moving forward. And we're talking about PPR leagues here. In PPR league, I think Giovanni Bernard is the Cincinnati back to own. Okay, let's, we'll get back to you guys in, in 10 or so weeks but on the a gentleman's bet. Long hold us, hold us, hold bet. us
0: accountable. Keep us honest. Make us remember. Because so much happens every week. But, yo, this is Rocks, young fistful of rings, telling you Jeremy Hill represents a good buy low and will be more valuable
1: than Gio Bernard. Alright, no doubt. We'll see. We'll check in on that gentleman's bet for sure. Another game we want to talk about. Big game. I know Rocks and I think this is a very intriguing matchup where you have Ezekiel Elliott. Well, first of all, a big game. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys going to Lambeau Field, which is not yet the frozen tundra, where the Packers are four and a half point favorites. I think this is an interesting matchup. Ezekiel Elliott leading the NFL in carries and in yards, coming off a 15 for 134, two touchdown performance, and leads the NFL with 546 yards, going against the Green Bay Packers rush defense, which is only giving up 42.8 yards a game. That is number one in the NFL. How do you expect this great tug-of-war to uh, play out, Rocks?
0: Well, you know, I'll just I'll hold myself accountable and say I thought that Zeke was going to have some trouble last week against uh, a Bengals defense that was a step-up in class and you heard the line. He absolutely pasted them. However, this is basically the toughest test in football now. Uh, you know, Green Bay's rushing defense has really just been shutting teams down. I don't think that you can complete fade him, but I think you've got to temper expectations. I mean, he may he may be matchup proof. I'm not ready to declare him that yet through five games. What I will say, though, is that it's likely that Dak is going to be asked to do more, and it's looking like he's going to have Des Bryant back. I guess a fractured knee isn't what
1: a fractured knee used to be. I don't know. I think this could be decoy territory even if he does see the field, and I'm not even sure he does. Yo, what I will I want to ask you, though,
0: Dak has been saying all all the right things. He's also been doing all the right things. He's got seven total touchdowns, only one turnover. You know, he's gonna be asked to pass, I think, to win this game against Green Bay's 24th ranked pass defense. He's maybe getting Dez back as a decoy, maybe not. He says it's Tony Romo's team. If he lights it up against Green Bay and they win, does that change? Does that does that cease
1: to be Tony Romo's team? Here's what I do, and it's real interesting because this was actually the shot callers poll on Wednesday. What do you do with the Dallas Cowboys? quarterback situation, you know, everyone thought it was a binomial choice. I actually have a different take on this, Rocks. I think what they do is they shut the hell up about it and they let Tony Romo heal and they kick the can down the road for another few weeks. You don't have to worry about this because Dallas is, what, 4-1? Yeah, man. You know, so you don't have to worry about this. If they, if they, in a couple of weeks, you know, if they're like 7-2 and two going into week 9, you let it ride out. You wait until Dak starts to falter whenever that is, whether that That's in week seven. Whether that's in week fifteen, and then guess what? If he doesn't falter, then that means you have a championship-caliber team, like you did in 2014 with Demarco Murray behind that line. I think Zeke can do the same thing. So I say, like, don't force the decision. That's my answer. Well, there is certainly no quarterback
0: controversy at all in Green Bay, but I think it's fair to say that Aaron Rodgers has looked off this year, outside of a one half where he completely lit up a hapless Detroit lying defense. Uh, He's been very, very ordinary. You know, everyone thought that Jordy Nelson was going to come back and somehow everything would just go back to how it was in 2014 with them just, you know, slinging the ball everywhere and blowing teams out. But that has not been the case. Jordy Nelson was clearly not the only thing missing from that offense. You know, what can they do? The running game is banged up. You know, uh, Rodgers has not really been getting the production you'd like to see week in and week out out of Randall Cobb. He did look better last week. Devontae Adams is also been inconsistent what's going on here speeds and are they going to be able to turn it
1: around here's what i'll say here's what i'll say and aaron Rodgers says this every mid-october Relax. I think this is where the Green Bay Packers actually get right. They are in the middle of a long homestand. They will not have to travel again until the end of this month. We also had a Randall Cobb sighting last week. Nine catches for 108 yards in their last game against the New York Football Giants. And James starts didn't look that great last week. on we He hasn't looked great, great all year, yards. man. But I think maybe if he knows he's in line to get the start. Now I don't know. Eddie Lacy's still a big man on that high ankle sprain, despite the. I think this is where A-Rod knows he needs to shine in a very interesting game in the late window at 4 o'clock, prime, you know, prime window, 4 o'clock um, in that matchup. And I think he will. Another game that I really like is the Chiefs against the Raiders. And what I've already said, I think, is a big AFC West matchup. We're going to talk a little bit more about Jamal Charles and our Diamond and our Fugazi segment a little bit later on. How do you see this one breaking out, Rocks?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders are as nice of a matchup as you can hope from a running game perspective. They're allowing 4.9 yards per carry, 122 yards a game on the ground. It'll really be interesting to see the split in this one. Speeds. I know you're really high on Jamal Charles. I'm just, as a fan of football, it's nice to see one of those premier running backs getting back there. And I think he's probably going to just, you know, the biggest result is going be he's going to help the, the entire offense, give them another dimension. And one thing I would watch is that Spencer wears put the ball on the ground a couple times. And I think that they want to ease Charles back in. But if this is a close game and Ware can't hang on to the ball, you may be seeing more of, him, of Charles than you might think. You may also be seeing a little bit more of West if he is healthy and active. Because you just can't have your back fumbling. That's, just, that's a no-go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I also like uh, fading this Oakland pass defense. I think we could be in line for decent games out of Macklin and Kelsey. The Oakland Raiders not good against the tight ends. On the Oakland side, of things I want to say, though. We don't know about Latavius Murray really just yet, but remember, I've been down on Latavius Murray for a long time. You didn't even have him ranked in your top 30 and, running backs. And nor should I because now I still like DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard to split that I time. I think
0: Jalen is going to see, you know, they they gave they gave DeAndre some burn
1: last week. I think you might see Jalen taking the lead this time. Okay, that's still not uh, Latavius Murray. I think that's the case. Uh, let's talk about that young quarterback a little bit, though, huh, Robinson?
0: Yeah, I mean, I really like... what Derek Carr has done. He's been taking a step forward basically in every season so far. But I'll also say I called Amari Cooper last week as one of my my Flow geniuses. Speeds
1: to his credit profited from that. Show did. Get that money to help you win that league and win that cash. As I often do, I I save
0: all my gems for the listeners and just go with some silly ideas on my own account. But uh, I really like Amari Cooper to have another big game this week. You know, he had a couple of touchdowns last week that were called back or he didn't get his feet inbounds. It could have been a ridiculously huge game. I like him this week, even though he's going against Defensive Rookie of the Year, Marcus Peters. It should be a touch match, a tough matchup, but what I'm hearing from my gurus who study that film that Cooper more than held his own and even burned Peters a bit last year, even if it didn't show up in the stats. Peters is one who will sell out to try and make a big play, and I think that Derek Carr is going to hit Amari Cooper for a long touchdown on a double move, baiting Peters into taking that route, trying
1: to jump that route. I think Cooper has another solid week with a touchdown and the Raiders win this game. Alright, alright, we do know that Marcus Peters likes to uh, guess and likes to uh, try to jump routes and take it back for pick six. Just ask Ryan Fitzpatrick. One more game we want to talk about here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Rocks and speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle. Bringing everything we need to know. Dropping stats over beats. That's how we do it on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, the Atlanta Falcons trying to prove they are for real. Just went at Denver and put up some points and now, back to back, have to make trips out west. They go to Seattle against the Seattle Seahawks, who are six and a half point favorites at home, coming off the bye. How do you think this one plays out? Does Atlanta make a statement? Who makes an NFC statement here in this game, Rocks? Uh, Coming off the bye, I gotta like the Seahawks in this one. I will say that uh, Richard Sherman and
0: Julio It'll be must-see TV. Saw Brandon Marshall get the best of him a couple weeks back. But, uh, you know... Ryan got beat, as we talked about, uh, by Brian Hoyer, as our gentleman's bet. I do not like him at all in this one. I'm fading him very, very hard off a Seahawks defense coming off a bye. Seahawks only allowing 180 passing yards a game. Outside of Julio, who we know is going to be locked up against Richard Sherman. Those two running backs who have done so much in the passing game will be playing against great cover linebackers. So I do not like them to blow up at all this week. I'm taking Seattle. Uh, Playoff. I do talk about playoffs You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. When Seattle has the ball, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of C-Mike in this game. You know, as we know, the Falcons defense is not an imposing unit. I think that he's going to really just continue to put a stranglehold on that job coming out of the bye. One other thing, uh, and you alluded to it as well, uh, Russ should be a lot healthier. No doubt. Have the ability to scramble because that line is still really, really suspect. And I know you like Jimmy Graham. You like what he's been doing. What I also want to say, though, is Doug Baldwin quietly getting it done with a lot less volume. He's been a solid wide receiver, too, this year. And I think people viewed him. People expected, you know, the regression police with their blue uniforms and their sirens. They expected a lot more regression for Doug Baldwin than he's showed so far this year. And I think that he's a good bet to continue posting solid numbers in that Seattle offense.
1: On the Atlanta side of things. You know we've been saying here both rocks and speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle the Fade Matt Ryan. I can't believe I took Matt Ryan in a gentleman's bet last week. But yo, I still say Fade Matt Ryan. Word is that Richard Sherman may in fact shadow Julio Jones. Get your popcorn um, ready. This, uh, this week up in Seattle. That's what we do. Those are a couple games we wanted to highlight here on the Fantasy Freestyle. When we come back, rocks and speeds we're going to keep giving you what you need to win your league and win, win that, that cash. We're gonna give you our flagship segments, our game flow geniuses, our diamonds, our fugazes. That's how we do it on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're gonna pay some bills. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us. Now, if you wanna crown them,
0: then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Oh, yeah, we're back. And you know what we got? We got the flagship segments. We got the things that you're looking forward to. Sorry we made you wait this long, but we had to break down the games for you. Ayo, going into week six, there's a couple situations that Speeds and I are looking to exploit. And guys, we like a little bit better than normal based on game script. And we call those our game flow geniuses. Ayo,
1: Speeds, you want to kick this segment off? For sure. You know I do. Speeds spit spitting statistician on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My first game flow genius for week six is Jarvis Landry. Let me tell you something. The uh, the Miami Dolphins are not a good team. Nope. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a good team. Yep. They're going into Miami and Big Ben and... Navion Bell and Antonio Brown have been putting up points like, whoa, Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins offense is going to be in position where they are going to need to throw to try to keep up, and that means target monster Jarvis Landry is going to eat. And as you made the point last week, rocks, the way to try to compete against that Pittsburgh de- uh, defense is
0: to throw the ball. They're seeing the least rushing attempts, least percentage of rushing attempts of out of any team in the entire
1: NFL. They funneled to the Passing him. exactly there, you go. And yo, know, last week Jarvis Landry only had three targets. That's like that's a low for like the last that's like, 25 crazy. games for him, right? He's definitely gonna have a bounce back week. I expect 10 to 12 targets for Jarvis Landry. I think you can wind up seeing him eight catches, 80 yards, give him a touchdown as well. This is the lowest you are ever going to see him only 6,900 on the fan duel. Uh, you may have heard uh, Rox was on shot callers on on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I had Jarvis Landry in my DFS lineup. Put him in yours as well, mostly because they're going to be trying to keep up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. No hurricane this week. More targets for Jarvis Landry. He's my game flow genius.
0: And speaking of shot callers, where you can catch my man's feeds on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 o'clock Eastern. Eastern. I'm going to call my shot and say, my game flow genius is a guy that got Mark Trestman fired. Mm. That's Terrence West. I've been talking about him a lot lately and I was saying they have to go stick with the running game when it's working and you know what? They did not do that last week and said they were trying to have Joe Flacco dink and dunk and it just was not working in a close game. I expect Marty Morningwig to commit on West on the early downs, let Flacco take shots down the field and I think that's going to open things up. The Giants running game is banged up. Eli's in a bad stretch as we've talked about but they're still favored by three. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be within a score most of the game. And I think if I am the Ravens OC, I am sticking with the running game that I expect to work and be able to move the ball, opening things up for Flacco. I'm looking for between 15 and 20 carries for West in this one. The Giants, as I said, they're tough on the ground, only allowing three and a half yards per carry. But West has looked surprisingly good when he's been given the ball. He's going to get it in this one. I expect him to get by on volume let's call it 85 to 100 yards a couple of catches and a touchdown that's very much in play for 6500 on fan duel
1: game flow genius i got another game flow genius for them here on the fantasy freestyle yo jimmy graham Jimmy Graham is going to be my game flow genius, and here's why. Okay, Um, he's getting healthier and healthier, you know, removed from that patella injury. And it seems like he's getting more and more comfortable in that offense. And the Seattle Seahawks are coming off a bye. This is an instance instance where they can, uh, you know, figure out new schemes. And I bet those new schemes are going to involve the revy rev, Jimmy Graham, superstar Jimmy Graham, coming off of a six-catch, 113-yard outing with eight ta- uh, eight targets. And the Atlanta Falcons give up the second most points to the tight end position. I think this is gonna be a game where... Uh Seattle's going to have to throw because Atlanta's going to try to throw. It's a good offense. They're going to have to put up some points. And down the middle of that field, I'm not scared of that Atlanta defense. I do think the Seattle Seahawks are going to throw. Big day for Russell Wilson, making a statement coming back from the injuries and the bye. Said a whole ton of rosaries after the bye. And I think a bunch of that is going to go to Jimmy Graham. He's my game flow genius.
0: I like that, speed. And, yo, you may see Jimmy Graham changing the narrative on what it means to have a torn patella because this was supposed to be impossible to come back from. Victor
1: Cruz came back finally. True, finally.
0: finally. But Jimmy Graham did it on a tight timeline true, and he's true, looked a true. lot better than he did last year before the injury. It's the rosaries that Russell Wilson was sending for him. Yeah, he's praying for Jimmy. Um, my second game flow genius, and, and maybe you can say I'm going with chalk here, but the surprising number one overall fantasy running back in PPR is, wait for it, DeMarco Murray. Exotic smash mouth. And regardless of what you're called, the offense. When you're playing Cleveland, when you're up by a touchdown, your favorite to win by a touchdown at home, that's beautiful game script for any running back. Cleveland's going to either be starting an injured Cody Kessler or an injured Josh McCown. Looks like Cody Kessler has been announced that he will get the start young at Co- Tennessee. Young Cody Kessler. Neither of them is really a solid option to keep them in the game. I think that DeMarco Murray is going to completely feast in this one, salt the game away in the second half, and he's he's been averaging after seeing a little bit of a split in his workload. 23 carries a week for the last three weeks holding off Derrick Henry and this is a dream matchup for him to pile up yards. I like him to finish with over 115 yards on the ground this week and not one, but two touchdowns. He's pretty expensive in FanDuel. I think he's the the RB number four or five by price, but if you save money elsewhere and you want to go with someone whose workload is assured, look no further than DeMarc Marco Murray, your fantasy running back number one in PPR leagues through five weeks. I did not see that coming, but this week I do as a game flow genius. That
1: exotic smash. What I'm saying, smart guy. Seems to be working. I like what you say, especially because I have the Tennessee Titans in one of my survivor pools. Oh, they're going to survive. This week home against the Cleveland Browns. Don't look now, but if they win that game, they go to three and three. Okay, and in the AFC South, where on Sunday Night Football the two and three Colts play against the three and two Texans, you could find yourself. I think the Tennessee Titans are not going to have this be a trap game. I think they are going to seize that opportunity at home with hashtag Exotic Smashmouth, and I like that because it is not any kind of timeshare like we might have thought with Derrick Henry at the beginning of the season. Yo, rocks. You know what time it is now? We got to give them our absolute flagship. Segment where we give them our diamonds in the rough and our fantasy Fugazi's. Forget about Forget it. Forget about it. What do you want to start off with this week, Rox? If, like, you know, if, if he was down there talking with Lefty from Mulberry Street, what would you talk start talking uh, about? You, you
0: know, normally we accentuate the positive, but in this one, I want to talk about a guy who I think is Fugazi this fugazi. week. And you've heard me say pretty much all year not to chase the points, because when you right. chase the points, the that's points when the points start running. And my Fugazi number one this week is Sammy Coates. He had a huge game last week against the Jets. He's the clear number two in a high-powered Pittsburgh offense. He's leading all wide receivers in 40-plus yard plays. He's looking basically like what Corderell Patterson was supposed to be. Or Martavis Bryant. Or Martavis Bryant. But what I will say is, despite all those positive superlatives I just said, he's got a hand injury. He's playing with the cast. He's missing practice time. He's still looking likely to suit up, but even before the hand injury, he was dropping way too many passes. This was an issue last year, and he's as reliant on big plays as any wide receiver in the league. I've seen him ranked as a wide receiver too, and the, Miami is not an imposing defense at all, but they're giving up the most yards in the league on the ground. They're a lot more middle of the road against the pass. I don't think the Steelers are going to need to throw much in the second half. I think you're going to see Ample doses of Livion Bell and the screen game and underneath routes to Antonio Brown. They're not going to need to risk turning the ball over on deep plays. I view him best as a boomer bust wide receiver three more so than a must start. When I tell you to shy away from him this week because he's a Fugazi, I'm dropping gems
1: like a careless jewel thief. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What, it's a fake. But yeah, hey, I know what a Fugazi is. Forget about him. forget about it yo. I got a full gaze and yo if people listen to fantasy freestyle all the time, rocks and speeds, whether it be on the fantasy sports radio network or you catch us on that Twitter, you know for a while that Speeds, the spitting statistician, has been fading Al Sean Jeffrey. He just does not like the man. I don't like his soft tissue injuries. I don't like how he pops on the injury report every week. I don't like what he role modeled for Kevin White, who is now on high are. And here's what I also do not like. I do not like him with Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer has been incredible. He has been the third best quarterback over the last three weeks. Fan Duel and DraftKings prices still have not caught up to him. And yo, I gotta give it up to Rocks. You know how we give pounds on them? Gentleman's bet. Rocks had Brian Hoyer on his gentleman's bet against me with Matty Ice last week. Yo, props to Rocks like we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I acknowledge. I accept. Rocks won that one. We'll see what's up. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. However, yo, Brian Hoyer, since Brian Hoyer has been there, Alshon Jeffrey has the fourth highest amount of targets on the Chicago Bears. That's not good. That is not good. Okay, last week, Zach Miller got more targets. Jordan Howard got more targets. Cameron Meredith got more targets. You have Eddie Royal out there as well. And this is why he's my fool, Gazi, because just like Dom the Jeweler on Mulberry Street, I look deeper. I've actually broken down some game film, okay? And I'm telling you, I've looked at this time and time again. Brian Hoyer, for some reason, looks straight at the number two receiver. The number two receiver is Brian Hoyer's first read. He does not look at the X receiver as the primary option. Trust me, if you have time, you can break down the tape too. But I'm telling you right now, he looks, his progression is different different than Jay Cutler's was. He looks number two, then he looks Zach Miller, then he looks dumped down. He does not look to Alshon Jeffrey. Fugazi. Forget about him.
0: Do you think that has to do something with like Brian Hoyer having been the number two so much of his life? Maybe. Second born child. Maybe he doesn't want to give the shine to that guy. Brian starts with a B,
1: second letter in the alphabet. It might be on to something, but trust me Fugazi, man, do not pay up for Alshon Jeffrey in week six against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fugazi, forget about
0: it. My Fugazi this week is a guy uh, that you know, he was pretty highly rated coming into the season. You like that! The magic has not been there, you know. uh, And Kirk Cousins this week, I am really concerned about his ability to be effective at all with Jordan Reed in the protocol this week.
1: He's in the dark room. He's avoiding all light. And And when you start in the protocol on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, it doesn't look good for and you. And when you've had five Sunday.
0: known concussions, yeah, yeah. you know, it just it's doesn't look good. good for your long-term good. mental stability. Uh, what I'll say is that Reed has always been Cousins' safety blanket, and he makes the whole offense better. In the two games Reed missed last year, Cousins had passer ratings of 69.7 and 57.9. Those are not good passer ratings. The fact, also, is that this Eagles defense is not the Eagles' defense from the Chip Kelly years. And maybe, just maybe, it's because they're not on the field for 45 minutes a game anymore. Philly is looking for real and part of it is just they're playing slow, deliberate offense. And that's keeping opposing offenses off the field. In fact, Matt Stafford last week was the first quarterback to throw a touchdown pass against them. Sure, he racked up three touchdown passes, but still, they're the third toughest overall against fantasy quarterbacks. You might not like it, but you gotta Accept it that Kirk Cousins is a fugazi this week, and there's only a
1: handful of quarterbacks I would start over him. All right, all right, all right, all right. But let's let's calm down with all that hate, okay? Because we got some diamonds out there. We got some people we want to promote, also right there, rocks. We got some people that we like. We this gotta week we gotta turn these we gotta turn these frowns around. Right, we gotta we gotta give some people that they can use this week to win their leagues and win that cash. Start them off with a diamond in the rough, rocks. Yo, we talked earlier uh, when we were talking about wide receivers to drop at the top
0: of the show about Michael Floyd's struggles. My diamond this week at only $6,600, only $100 more than Michael Floyd, is John Smokey Brown. And a big part of that is that the Jets are just absolutely getting torched. I'm not going to get into that too much. Over the top. Speeds is a Jets fan. He knows what I'm talking about. Over the top. Brown has been a little bit inconsistent so far. Part of that has to do with Drew Stanton starting the last game. But I like him to beat the Jets over the top for a couple of long games, including a touchdown. He actually has not scored yet this year. I think you're going to see him benefiting from Carson under center. The last game they played together, he went 10 catches for 144 yards. He's a boomer bust pick that I think is going to boom. It's going to look like an explosion in the diamond mine this week.
1: Get him in your lineups. Yo, I hope you didn't put out that explosion before I was outside the diamond mine because I went digging real deep for some diamonds. My diamond in the rough is Rob Kelly, Washington football team. You might be asking who? Not Matt Jones. Yo, Matt Jones had every opportunity to take control of this backfield. Now they are saying Rob Kelly has earned carries in that backfield and listen, there was Chris Thompson in there as the passing down back already. I do not like that situation for Matt Jones moving forward. It looks like they may be wanting to give Rob Kelly the chance. He is unowned in your league trust me only owned in four percent of leagues that means all the people y'all are sitting with at the bar right now only one of them has Rob Kelly in his or her league. Go right now and stash him. Trust me, you might be happy you did. And if he pops and you have a legit running back, Diamond in the rough. Yo, Speeds, the only thing I'm concerned about there is I was just
0: talking about that Pittsburgh defense, excuse me, that Philadelphia defense is a pretty
1: solid defense, but you're not concerned? I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this in the one week sense, Rocks. I'm talking about this. This is as a I like long view. I like this Diamond Hey. Diamonds are forever, Rock. Diamonds
0: are forever. Uh, one thing that has not traditionally been forever is Ryan Matthews staying on the field. True. However, I like him a lot this week. He's only $6,500 on FanDuel. It's a little bit more than I would like. But again, this is as much about Washington's run defense as it is uh, him as a player. He is back to full health. You saw him get involved in the passing game last week with five catches, including a touchdown. He also saw the most carries he's had since week one. He's got four uh, four total TDs through the four games he's played. And the Eagles offense has basically lived in the red zone so far I think he's going to be able to make the most of the touches he does see still seeding too many to Sproles for me to like him as an every week starter I think he's going to wind up with over 100 yards and a touchdown and I'm saying he's a diamond in the rough at $6,500 on FanDuel and one who I think you can play specifically in tournaments because I do not
1: think he's going to be very highly owned all right all right all right let me end the show here, Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with one more diamond to bring it home I think this is finally the week we see the return of Jamal Charles, okay, they're coming off a bye in Kansas City, he only got slight burn in that first game in week four, only two touches and they he admits that they only did that because Sharkandrick West was not healthy going into that they game, they would have rather sat him they would have rather sat him and now they get to have off the bye, I I'm hearing this is the week he is unshackled like Donald Trump and they are going to ride him a little bit and um, listen, I think it's great timing against that Oakland Raiders defense that is 31st in the league giving up 401 yards per game. That is a ton and I think Jamal Charles can kill you running, can kill you out of the backfield where the Raiders are also 31st in the NFL against the pass. So this is a prime opportunity in an AFC West game, a big game, a game that I, to be quite honest, think should have been flexed into Sunday Night Football, if possible, instead of that doo-doo Colts-Texans matchup that we have. I think this is going to be a game that will really matter in the playoffs. I like Jamal Charles to return. Big-time players make big, big plays in big games, and I think you're going to see that this situation. Jamal Charles, yes, Spencer Ware may still uh, get a, a touchdown as the goal line back. But as you've discussed, Rocks, Jamal Charles is the kind of back that will get get into the end zone from 15, 20 yards out.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I also think, you know, there's kind of been a bit of conflicting reports out of Kansas City. He's saying the training wheels are off. Yep. The OC saying they're going to sprinkle him in. But one thing I've watched, uh, one thing I've learned from watching commercials is that sprinkles are for winners. And Jamal Charles, as we talked about uh, all offseason, is the kind of guy who can make it happen on 12 to 15 touches can make it happen in the receiving game and can score those long touchdowns. So I love that call this week, Speeds. It's going to be nice to also just as one of the NFL's better players just to see him back on the field as a fan.
1: And hey, I like sprinkles too. Rocks like sprinkles. Speeds like sprinkles. We all like sprinkles on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's what we do here holding you down for week six. We will be back next week uh, I'm talking about some more gentlemen's bets. Yo, get us out on the mailbag. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Catch us on the Stitcher or on the Audio Boom or on the Google Play or get this Fantasy Sports Radio Network app so you can hear rocks and speeds in Fantasy Freestyle. You can also hear me, Speeds, the spitting Statistician on Shot Callers every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. But yo, one place you can't find us is on Tinder. Those are fake
0: profiles and if I find out who did that...
1: We're gonna get yours. You can't find us there, just but we will be back next week holding you down for week seven. Let us know how good you did. All right, peace. Good luck, y'all. Peace.